You're listening to Real Crime, Hi. the Movie Sleuth Podcast. I'm not listening, I'm talking. <laughs> Dude! The same thing happened last week. Every week. I thought we canceled last week. Here's number. That was two weeks ago. Here's the rule, dude. You don't talk over the chick. Hmm. We're not allowed to talk over the chick. The hot chick that did the thing for us that you talked about that you paid. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm glad she got paid and it wasn't just like free labor. What'd you pay pay her with, Chris? (laughs) I paid her on Fiverr. That was a Fiverr deal. It was. was. I paid for that on Fiverr. What the hell's Fiverr? I don't even know what the hell is. Fiverr is a website where you can basically pay money to have any kind of job done. You Real can crime, promote sponsored by Fiverr.com. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You should so you pay, just him, you should five pay bucks? him five bucks for just doing that. Yeah, you just, I don't have five dollars. Sure. So it was just five bucks? <laughs> yes, it was five dollars. I could use five dollars. She recorded that and then gave it to you. Yeah, just the yeah, voiceover. I, got, voice like I paid separately for the, the bumper music. Yeah, yeah. But the actual voiceover was a professional voiceover actress. Wow. And she has a thing on Fiverr, and you can pay her five dollars to record well, anything she did a great job yeah yeah it sounds good yeah, I've, I've always liked that it's been yeah me too. too but you guys fuck it up every week now by talking over her or you just destroy the whole thing she gets what she deserves <laughs> there are literally <laughs> dozens of episodes where you can hear her voice yes I and no royalties just, either well if we're changing things i just want to know what's going on here i yeah. want i want a fucking email next time okay something all right notification you're we need no- to communicate here. I'll as a send group. you a Facebook notification. Carrier pigeon. Yes. <laughs> Thank any smoke signal. Anything. I don't care, dude. Just give me something. Yeah. This is the real crime. Number seventy-eight. Not actually sponsored by Fiverr. No. No. Not no. this week. But we are sponsored by <laughs> the Flint Institute of Arts, dude. Ooh. I sent a drone up there this week. Yeah. You sent a drone last week. Did I? Oh shit. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh damn. Oh um. Well, I sent another drone there this week. And- I sent him a helicopter. Yeah, and I checked it out. It's on my computer. I'm like, this place is so great. Someday I will be here. Yeah. We will. We'll go there as one I of these d- days. As I do the thumb thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, someday we will go. Okay. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, make sure to check out projectorscreen.com. They are our other sponsor. God, they rule. Yeah. Really cool stuff on there, actually. Oh, my God. Oh, it's amazing. Yep. If you and if you visit them, and if you if you contact us, we can actually give you a coupon code for ten percent off. So make sure you check them out too. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Chris. Yeah. The news. <laughs> What's in the yeah, news? Yeah, let's fuck the whole fighting thing. Like, just, yeah. just give it to me. I want to know. Yeah. What there are, there's no more fighting. I I'm. You, well, you rule the streets now. I, You're I super rule. fly. <laughs> I rose to the top. You're young blood now. You are yeah. super fly. You run the streets, so it's all over with. You just get the news, and there's no there's no drama anymore. All right. So in news this week, Ready Player One is going to make forty two million dollars over its opening weekend, which is pretty fucking huge for a first movie. That's sick. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Can we predict the future now? But yeah, probably yeah. Advanced ticket sales. I advanced assume. ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yes, but I can predict the future too. Also, okay. And the other future thing that I'm going to predict Chris is that the solo solo movie, <laughs> fuck this shit, is going to introduce more legends characters into canon. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Not really looking forward to it, but they're going to bring back some of the characters from what became Legends, the old canon. Yeah, they're bringing them into Star Wars now. Hmm. So, Great. yeah, yeah. Arrested Development is mm. coming back again. Yeah. 
They are currently filming a new season. Uh, the last season was in 2013. And it was bad. I was going to say, this is like their third comeback now, or <laughs> second comeback, I should say. Are they doing the thing where they're filming, where they're not actually filming together and they're green screening and putting stuff together? Because that was one Probably. of the problems with the. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It's just there was a bunch of scenes with zero chemistry, which is what that show was all about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're making film like we're making records now? Yeah, they, there was a bunch of like green screen shots where they like stitch pieces together of people in different areas. That not t- like that the whole thing. Work. Horrible. That, that happened. Work. That may work for music, but not Horrible. for movies. Horrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it's a weird season. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <clears throat> in other news, um, X Men Dark Phoenix has actually been pushed way back. They are pushing it back to next February now wow. to try and take advantage of next winter film season. Isn't February like the garbage month where they dump shit movies? Yeah, so they're going to actually kind of try to use that as a launching pad to make a lot of money off of it. Or it's bad. It is. (laughs) The last time they tried it, it was bad. Now they're trying it again. Um, Last but not least, Jeff Goldblum today teased that Laura Dern is going to potentially be appearing in upcoming Jurassic Park movies. Oh, that's cool. I like Jeff Goldblum. He's a nice guy. I love Laura Dern. Yeah, Laura Dern's sexy, too. I've always loved her. Yeah. So, in releases this week, we've got Ready Player One. Um, Woo! <laughs> we've got a new Tyler Perry movie called Acrimony. Woo! We've got oh. uh, the next God's Not Dead movie, A Light in the oh. Darkness. Ooh. And <laughs> another movie called Birthmarked. So, Ooh. yeah, we've got one really big one this week and three that are not so big. Well, that's really great, Chris. Thanks yeah. for letting us know about I've that. I've never even heard of Birthmark. I think maybe we even reviewed this one early. I think we might have had a screener of this one. Mm. But, um, yeah. So, that's our news and our releases this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, do we have anything for suggested viewings for this week? <laughs> what about you, Chris? I'm actually going to uh, suggest the one that me and Michelle saw at South by Southwest Upgrade. I know it's way ahead of time, but I strongly, strongly suggest seeing this movie it was pretty fucking amazing so that's all i have to say about it because i don't want to spoil it all right michelle it's your turn (laughs) yes spit it out woman uh i think for this week i'm gonna pick unsane stop for this week i'm gonna pick unsane go ahead michelle (laughs) but that's it no uh It's the movie, the new movie by Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. I, I might be messing his name up, but uh, it's he filmed the entire thing with iPhone 7. So it's not even like the new iPhone. It was an older iPhone. But it's actually this really incredibly trashy exploitation flick. Dude. And the iPhone uh, aesthetic really adds to that. It and so does. It's like super fucked up too, like on a deep down level. And actually, yeah. Go it's, deep. It's, Go it's, deep. It's the best movie. It's the best 2018 movie I've seen. Sweet. Uh, so far. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, talk, keep <laughs> talking, Michelle. The end. That That's all I have. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, Justin. Uh, I don't I don't watch movies. I don't okay. know why. Okay, do you have a game podcast. you want to suggest since we're going to be talking uh, about Do I have a game we want to suggest? Uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago a game came out called Into the Breach from the developers of FTL, which was an indie game that came out a couple years ago. Uh, it's a turn-based tactics game. It's giant robots versus kaiju. It's like Gundams meets Godzilla, but on a chessboard. It's more exciting than it sounds. That sounds amazing already. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun. And it looks... If anyone ever played like Advanced Wars or Final Fantasy Tactics, mm-hmm. it's one of those. But it has a lot of 
uh, nuance to it because it's really as much of a puzzle game as it is a tactics game. It's really neat. Um, as far as movies, the last movie I saw recently, not in the theaters, was Attack the Block. And if you like John Boyega oh, and you haven't seen that movie, you should see it. That's it's really been brought good. brought up several times that's on a good this movie. show. Hell yeah. I had never seen it. It's great. So, um, Michelle kind of already stole my thunder. I literally <laughs> just came from the theater here from seeing Unsane. Um, and you pretty much you pretty much covered it, Michelle. The one thing I want to note on that movie, though, that I was talking to Chris outside about, was that this is this movie. Go see it first off. You really will be doing yourself a favor. You really need to see this flick. Um, it's a perfect example that we've talked about on this show of several movies we've seen where less is more. It really is. Um, there's so much stuff that's happening, and like you said, Michelle, on a very deep level, that. You know, somebody could have just went and went over the top and went completely insane with it, right? Yeah. And um, Steven Soderbergh didn't do that. He just let your mind work with that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what made that movie so much fun to watch. And it really kept me on the literally on the edge of my seat the whole way. Um, partly because I drank a beer during the movie also, um, so I had to pee really bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I was really into the flick. Um uh, so, yeah, I, I don't want to go nuts on it. I really want people to see this movie because, yeah, it was filmed on an iPhone 7 and it gave it, it like you said, Michelle, it gave it a really kind of different look. Um, but it was shot well. Yeah. I don't think it was shot just on one iPhone 7. Was it just one iPhone 7? Well, I mean, I'm sure they, it's like staged like a normal movie. It's just all the camera works iPhones. So I'm sure they had like lots of iPhones. Yeah, I'm sure they, I was thinking about that when I was watching. Like they had to have multiple. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, things set up for this because they have like shot reverse shot and stuff like that going on so there's there's definitely were more than they're using more than one at a time yeah so super cool movie um yeah that's mine and michelle's pick for this week i think um i'm gonna go see it again i think i might see it tomorrow because i think i'm gonna have a half day off work tomorrow it was that good it was just so it was so awesome it's also very different from the trailer like the trailer is misleading uh, as to how like the movie plays out i was like what Immensely complicated. You. Beautiful, beautiful movie. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, go see that. Go see Unsane, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week's a bit different, I think. And you're leaking this shit the night before now with your little Monday thing you do now. Well, yeah, we got a lot of people know what we got coming up. So look they at know me, what I'm Chris. Your little Monday. Your little thing. Monday. Your little look, Monday. Look at me, I'm Chris. I'm going to talk about all this shit that you don't know about yet. Yeah. We're not going to surprise you with anything. What's going on? knows about the future, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm psychic. Look at me. I'm Chris. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, no, no. You're serious. so mean to me. <laughs> We're going to be talking about retro gaming tonight. Yeah. Um, different. Never done this before. Um, but I think it kind of, I've been kind of riffing on that, as I've said in the past couple of shows. It's been kind of something I've been playing around with and literally breaking out my old consoles and playing around with them and using the emulators and having fun with that stuff and just kind of reacquainting myself with at least, you know, given my age, um, Atari 2600 and the NES, right? That's kind of where, I mean, and like, I'm not at your level at all, Justin. I mean, I'm like, that's kind of where it ends for me, to be honest with you. I I mean, those are both fantastic Mm -hmm. pieces of gaming history. I know I've bought, personally, I did buy a PlayStation I bought one. I thought, I'm like, I'm going to get back into gaming. This will be great. Because I had a handful of years off, and I bought a PlayStation, and I played it. I had a handful of games, and it just it just wasn't the same for me. I mean, not, I'm not knocking it. I know it's, it's its own thing. 
But when PlayStation came out, that blew everybody's freaking mind. Like, oh my God, it's PlayStation. Look at these games now. We did buy a PlayStation 2, and I bought a Wii. That was more for Amber. Um, and what's an uh, Xbox One or whatever? Is yeah. that what they have? So I bought all this shit because I don't <laughs> think you can really get away from buying the stuff anymore. Yeah. You no, have to buy it. There's always something new to buy. Well, especially like looking at install bases of the newest generation of consoles. Yeah. Fucking everyone in America has an Xbox or a PS4. They've yeah, sold well, like a hundred, between the two of them, well over a hundred million. That's like a third of the population of the U.S. Oh my God, dude. Really? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people just use them for media centers. Yeah, they're just like, oh, this is my Blu-ray player that plays Netflix and yeah. every once in a while my boyfriend plays Madden. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that <laughs> makes the new systems of today much, much, much different. They truly are entertainment systems. And I know... When the NES came out, it's obviously called the Nintendo Entertainment System, right? Yeah. Before, it was a video computer system, which that's the VCS, that was the Atari. Yeah, Atari. The Atari 2600 had, you know, a couple different names. 2600. Uh, 7800. Well, that was a different the, model. Yeah, yeah, a different model. There was but I'm talking models. about the 2600 itself. Oh. It, had, it, was a v, it, was a, it was called... The VCS it, was the first name before they VCS, called it. VCS, yeah. which it's, it, it's still video on there, system. right? Yeah. I have it on my... I have one of the old wooden deck ones, the old school ones. Oh, wow, ones. yeah. Um, and they also called... The original project name was called Stella. That was its actual name. There's actual emulators that are called Stella out there now, too. So I guess for me, um, diving back into this stuff, and I and I, bl- I think I've said it on this show, too. I blame, I was sick a couple months ago, and I blame watching the entire Raiders of the Lost Ark trilogy on this, right? Uh, because I watched those, and those are fantastic movies. All three of them are amazing. And that sprouted this little kernel in my mind to say, hey, you haven't played Atari Twenty Six Hundred Raiders of the Lost Ark in a long time, uh, and there's and it's very easy to just go on the web and find an emulator to play it on. Now. Well, yeah, especially Atari stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, you can literally get any game. I mean, any game that was made for the Twenty Six Hundred, anything. You, it don't matter what company it was, they're all out there now. I mean, you can get them all on cartridge too. They're all dirt cheap because they made ten billion of them. Yeah, each well, game that too, and crashed the industry. And I have been because with my my thing is like, let, well, let's talk a little history because I've sure. been doing a lot of this stuff, and I don't want I don't want to eat up on the mic time here, but we'll get this out there because this is a good good bedrock for what we're going to talk about. Because the big uh, you know game boom, the gaming boom was really from like seventy nine to eighty three. Eighty three, yeah, eighty three. Eighty three is when it crashed, right? And I remember this this day very vividly when I was a kid because a couple months before this day, I'm talking about you couldn't touch an Atari cartridge, an Activision cartridge, or an iMagic cartridge for less than thirty bucks or more, right? Any any game. Um, and then one day I remember vividly, is that your phone, Chris? It was this. It's all good. I'm beating you. <laughs> then one day, I remember my mom and my dad and myself were at a Big Lots. I don't know if, those, if that's a Michigan thing or not. I Maybe a nation. I don't know. But a Big Lots. And I still like playing Atari games. I still was, was enjoying it. I was too young to try to understand what was happening with the market. Yeah, the, the market. <laughs> um, I just like playing Pitfall and freaking Raiders of the Lost Ark and shit like that. Yeah. Right? Um, we went to a Big Lots, and there were this, these bins bins and bins of games uh, from all different companies because at this at this time and what we're talking about every company was trying to get involved with this there was just oh, yeah. money being printed literally as a result of this so um everybody would you know mattel anybody you name it some company they were trying to get into making game cartridges because it was it was literally a license to print money 
th- at least they thought it was. Well, a lot of them <laughs> got into making consoles too. Intel, Mattel made the Intellivision. Intellivision Coleco made the Coleco Vision. Coleco, which yeah. was superior to the twenty six hundred yeah. as far as games. I mean, you look at you look at twenty six hundred. You know, Atari. Donkey Kong, and you look at like ColecoVision. They literally ColecoVision. They nailed it. It looked damn near perfect as far as like the the coin operated game was concerned. But yeah, we go in there and we just see piles and piles of games, brand new in the boxes. Buck, two yeah. bucks. Yeah, you know. And now I'm going back and listening to all this history and listening <laughs> to podcasts and all these people who work for these companies talking about what was going on in the back end of this. They're like, yeah, we made so many. <laughs> They're making shovelware. Yeah, I was about to say, there were a lot yeah. of games that a lot yeah. of companies that weren't game companies just pumping out trash. Like oh, they were a, garbage. The equivalent of mini games that you saw 100% of the content in the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. Or they were just completely nonsense. It's like some of the nonsensical games people still feel kind of nostalgic for. Like if you, if you ever play Superman for 20 Oh, years, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like one of those games that just makes absolutely no sense, but no. there are people who grew up with it just love it. Uh, Beanie Bopper. Was one I oh played. I don't know that one oh it was a piece of shit well but then it was, the infamous ET game well that's yeah. that's like we could do a whole episode on that there's game over if you guys want yeah I mean, the I think documentary I is yeah watch yeah, the documentary super that. interesting um and you know Howard that guy they say that in the documentary that well you watch the documentary you'll understand what we're talking about I mean that guy really got a bad rap for that oh, I mean he made uh, he made Yars Revenge yeah <laughs> like he made fantastic games for the 2600 yeah yeah and he just like no one will ever remember him for anything but other than having to like yeah Howard, work 20 Howard, hours a day yeah Howard Scott Warshaw Howard having Scott to work Warshaw, 20 yeah. hours as a day for f- six weeks to shit out this game because he they got a good a deal to make E.T. and Christmas. they had to put it out had to get it out by Christmas. Which is so, funny because that's all the industry is about now. But. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it is. It's insane. <laughs> However, yeah, so this one day we just see piles and piles of games. And it's one of the few times my parents just went completely batshit crazy. Because before a, a couple months before that, they were paying out, you know, like you said, 30, 40 bucks a cartridge for me. Because I had to have that game, right? And I'm like, well, we can get them any game we want right now. So they just, we, I remember we just filled a basket full of games. And um, I went nuts. I mean, you imagine how exciting that was to come home with like 60 games that you've never seen before, you've never played before, uh, and they all, a lot of them sucked. (laughs) But but they were really, it was really fun. But at that point, it's still like just the excitement of trying a new game. Exactly. Like, I love trying new games even when they're bad now. Like, I can imagine that was really exciting. No, it's still, that is an exciting thing, I think. So fast forward now, and I'm like, well, I want to go and play around with this again. This will be great. And family thing, grandpa borrowed the games, a bunch of the games, and they just kind of vaporized. So I'm like, oh, what a fucking bummer, man. I did have a handful of them, which one of them was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, thank goodness, and Phoenix. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Video pinball. Um, I had a handful of games left over. Um, Did have a funny thing happen a week or so after this whole little adventure started. I was talking with some friends at 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 a party. And I'm like, yeah, I started doing this thing. And I'm like, I don't have any damn games in. They're all gone. This sucks, you know? He's like, what about all those games, my friend? Date Rabbit, my old band, you know yeah. him. He's like, don't you remember that crap I gave you in the house I lived in in Mount Clemens? And this is like 16, 17 years ago. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I gave you two cases, these old leather cases of these games I found in the house that I was renting. They were just left there. And I'm like, oh, bullshit. So I just happened to come home and look in the storage, and I open up, and I'm like, there's two leather cases. <laughs> I and have I, one of those weird faux plasticky leather cases oh, they're, they're from, yeah. from 79. They're awful. I have one, though. <laughs> yeah, but I open them up, and there are 60 more games. 
I'm like, and literally, I mean, Amber was like, she heard me scream in the basement. <laughs> I, I could only imagine her going, what the hell? I hit, I hit the mother load, right? So here I am playing again, right? So that's kind of, and I, you know, I thought, well, this is just some weird thing I'm doing that it's going to, you know, whatever. But of course I start reading into this and I'm not very unique. This is something that's happening now with people, especially in my age bracket, retro gaming. Now, also, it isn't just my age bracket. I mean, the research that I did, um, retro gaming is actually considered games that are 10 years or older. Yeah. That's considered retro now, which that's kind of crazy because 10 years, I mean, yeah, it's a long time, but uh, it seems like games. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure that's like a definitive it's an idea. Agreed upon thing. Because, like, I don't know if I would consider a game from 2008 to be retro. That's like, what people I don't consider that. Halo 3 to, or, like, Bioshock 1 or Skyrim or, uh, sorry, Oblivion to be retro. But 10 but, years, can, there's a lot happens in 10 oh, yeah, years, especially I, uh, nowadays. Yeah, no argument there. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. A lot happens you, in five years. Yeah, if you ask me what retro gaming is, to me, that's, like, going back to 80s. 90s. That's what I thought. You know, yeah. that's, that's what I thought. That was my idea. Same that's with thing. Gaming. Same thing is with classic rock. Like something becomes classic rock, like after like 25 years, not 10. 10 yeah. And that's kind of where I. Am I think that's the same idea with the gaming stuff. Maybe my that, my cutoff is like PS1 and older. Yeah, same. PS1 so is like 2000. Like a, yeah, or, PS1 and older because because to me like you know that the, the gaming separated also like because you had. Atari, and then you had Nintendo, Super Nintendo, which was pixel graphics, and then PlayStation 1 was, like, along with Nintendo 64, where they were, like, the first, like, you know, 3D, uh, you know, stuff, so that's, like, kind of, like, where I cut off the retro. PS2, maybe, even, maybe, but, uh, you know, I think, like, there's different types of retro, maybe, even. Like I would maybe there's retro and then there's like classic gaming maybe that's well, that like that maybe that yeah way. that's actually a great idea way to look at that Michelle is because I think what I mean I'm more into is classic gaming like real relics um, some of the games I look back on now I've been from I, I mean I, I I'm having fun with this but I am kind of researching it going back and relearning some of the coding they used to do on these things I mean I'm just kind of really diving into this to the nuts and bolts of it now. And, yeah, some of the games are completely ridiculous looking. It's like they were cranking these things out at such a fast rate back then just to get things to market. Um, that Yeah, really, the I mean, at least for Atari. I'm talking Atari themselves. And this is just an opinion. But some of the stuff I look at and, I, and now understanding that what was happening in the market, in the industry at the time, they were just trying to get as many cartridges out there as they could. And I think they did sacrifice a lot of quality. <laughs> I mean, just look at the look at the Pac-Man ad- adaptation they did for Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Um, I'm it's sure you've all seen. Pretty awful. It's horrendous. Yeah, it, I mean, and I I mean, I'm not really one to shit on anything Atari. I think it's all fantastic. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a piece of its time, right? I mean, it's the it's the bedrock for a lot of things we have now, and it's it's and I think most people do respect it for that. But there were go ahead. It's a, it's a two-way street thing. It's like, in a lot of ways, you don't have modern games without Atari for the good things because they established things like how to use controllers and how to make a home console work from both a consumer standpoint and, yeah. a, and a technical standpoint. But then you also get like the other side of seeing how hard Atari failed in the early 80s and oh, God, how the yeah. crash went through oh, really yeah. informed... 
Like, if the Atari crash didn't happen, we probably wouldn't have the NES or what became, like, modern Nintendo in the late 80s because of they learned so much they from, learned about, from like, Atari. Like, yeah, they, uh, they added the Nintendo seal of quality and all these things about making sure that games had to be, like, heavily licensed by Nintendo and pass a quality gates so that are good and, the, like, all these consoles had to be inexpensive and affordable and repairable mm-hmm. and all these things that they didn't try to do in, in that era before the crash so it's like it's Again, really imp- and that's one of those interesting classic retro things because like yeah i would consider classic implying like games are all the games are really good so like i consider nes and super nes more like the classic era and then yeah. atari 2600 as retro not that they're bad there's a bunch of atari 6 2600 games i like and i own a 7800 too um which has some interesting stuff yeah but it's like those games just they're not i the specific ones i go back and play all the time i adore but i don't i don't have the nostalgia because they weren't as someone who grew up with a post crash era yeah they just don't feel good in a lot of ways no they don't they, they're very clunky they don't feel like games now but and that's the difference with us well, yeah the but they're really important and i have a lot of respect for them i just don't play them quite as much go ahead, well, Michelle. N- well nintendo like basically when they came out with the nes like they first had the Famicom in Japan, which was like an absolute smash hit, and they were selling them as quick as they were making oh, yeah. them. So they're over in Japan, games were like totally, you know, having a boom. And then they come to the states and they want to try to make a game, uh, a game system that would appeal over here. And basically, they had to take, they tried to work with Atari at first. They tried to have make the system and have Atari. Uh, they wanted Atari basically to handle all the American side, like uh, merchandising and all that. And Atari was like, nah. We don't want to do that because you'll be making all the money and we're going to be doing all the work. And plus, Atari did just had a crash. Yeah. So Nintendo basically had to like do everything the opposite of what Atari was doing to make the system work. They had to make the system not look like a gaming system. They tried to make it look more like a computer because computer gaming was actually on the rise. Yeah. They had they actually brought it over one time at a game at a toy show and nobody bought it. So they had to redesign it again. Yeah, I read all about that. So it was super interesting. Yeah. And but what Nintendo did, I think that Atari didn't is like what you were saying with quality. When they when the NES first came out, they like had 10 awesome games right out the bat. Like quality, like they had actual artists making their game. Not saying there weren't artists at Atari, but they were like, you know, they had like Shiggy, you know, making games. Like a Mario game. Mario felt like nothing else you played. Like it was smooth. Oh, I, I'll never forget the first time I played so Mario. So much. It was amazing. You know, well, like, like the, the 2600 era, there weren't artists. There were, there were programmers who were making art out of two colors of blocks yeah well, so and, there, and there, there they were didn't people, let them do what they were people that to did do. better than other people but it was still primarily like a programmer programming driven yeah first they had they industry. had they had artist type people who would give their input but really yeah, yeah it came down to just the 8-bit programming they were dealing with right but also atari didn't give their uh the people making the games credit oh it's like, huge they would have problem to sneak their names into the games and shit that's but the it, reason that's the reason that activision and iMagic were born from that very point yeah. you're making michelle um, but Nintendo in Japan, the the game makers were like revered more. They were like they listened to them, and they were like mm, their well, their names still weren't in the credits. Yeah, for a long but time more in Japan. they That's were how you given get... more leeway, as I guess. Yeah, but there was like like Yuki Chan's papa was like this name that came up in all these Nintendo games because mm-hmm. it was like 
I forgot what it, I want to say Konami or one of the not Nintendo itself, but yeah. one of the other like major Japanese producers would not allow their programmers to have their name. So there's all these pseudonyms. Yeah. And it made like uh, historians and people like there's this the ultimate uh, the ultimate video game history book. It's like a really silly name, but it's really comprehensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a whole big subsection about like how they had trouble tracking down all these uh, like late 80s programmers and designers because the game companies wouldn't let them put their actual first and last name in any of the credits of these games. So that actually like kept up until the early 90s, I think, for the most part. If you look at the old Atari stuff, like you're, and this is, it's the same type of idea with Atari. Like Michelle said, they were ve- they were trying to keep the programmers under wraps. They were because they, they were they were they could see that okay, the programmers are the real rock stars here. We have to kind of keep them canopy because they'll get out of control. Well, and, <laughs> and they don't want the damn they country, don't want company. other country. Yeah, they don't want con- other companies to come poach them. That's the big part. Well, yeah, and that's unfortunately. You know, and I've read some completely insane stories from the Atari era. Um, Rob Phillips, a guy I've been studying a lot, he's done a lot of really cool games. Namely, he did the Missile Command, I'm sorry, the uh, Space Invaders adaptation to yeah. Atari 2600. And that sold, they couldn't sell enough of those cartridges. Mm-hmm. It was a very good, it was actually for that for that game and what it was, it was very good. Um, he could. They couldn't sell enough of them. And story goes basically that he thought he was going to make a ton of money on this. He, he was asking for a bonus, and they said, we'll give you a bonus. That sounds great. He opens the – and there's a whole long story. Like, he opened the envelope all, all excited, and they basically gave him a free turkey. Mm-hmm. He, he walked. He walked right then, right? And As they started, And they started, and he was one of the people that started iMagic, which made my favorite – Atari game, Demon Attack, my all-time favorite Atari game. People speak really highly of that. I've never played. Demon Attack is really cool. Yeah. It's a very smooth-running game. We'll talk more about that in a second. Um, we can get into the games here soon, but yeah, like um, that's how Activision and iMagic were born. Like I said, Michelle, to mm-hmm. your point, um, they were born with out uh, of people who were frustrated with Atari. They were tired of being screwed over. They they wanted a piece of the. They they saw the money. They knew how much money was being made. So they said, let's go start our own companies. We know how to do all this work. We can do all this, and we can find a way to license our cards to the Atari 2600, right? Which, yeah, they knew they were going to get sued. <laughs> they mm-hmm. knew going into this they were going to get sued, um, but they were able to work it through court. They had they they hired attorneys, and they were able to work this through, and there's a lot of you know gooeyness with that too, I'm sure. But they were able to make it work and license these cards for Atari. And that's why you did have... You know, it's so funny because I remember being a kid, and I remember this now going back to this. I found that I was more attracted to playing Activision games for Atari 2600 and iMagic games for a 2600 than Atari games for Atari 2600. Yeah. Because the Atari 2600, the, the games that were done by Atari, even the new games, weren't that good. Well, I Activision mean, had a really big uh, following, like because all those high score games Activision did. Well, the, yeah, Pitfall. Yeah. You know, you could take, you could get the patches, Barnstorming, River Raid, and those those were oh, huge yeah. sellers. Great. And you could you could get patches for those. It was a very cool environment. Dragster, another another really excuse me, really great Activision game. Being Who on did the news um, recently for uh, having its? Oh, there was records. a big blow up. Yeah, yeah. World didn't record score didn't Activision do the Empire Strikes Back game too? No, no, that was a that was oh my god. That was not. That was another outside company. The game was so bad. It was. Wait, you're talking fun about the one play. where you just blow up all the walkers over yeah. and over again? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that I, game you was fly fun. around them and tangle up their legs. I, I, that I forgot too. who did that. I have a card of that. Yeah, I, I do too. I couldn't day. tell you who did it. Um, it's fun to play. It's fun to play. It don't look that good. No. 
but it, it's actually smoother. It was a smoother yeah, running game. Yeah, it better than you would expect. It. Yeah, it's 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 actually kind of in, you know it's fun to play. Um, they also did the same company who did who did Empire Strikes Back. They did the Spider Man game, which is really addic- really addicting to play. I have to say, it looks like shit. It looks ridiculous, um, but it it's fun to play. If you get a chance to play the Spider Man Atari uh, twenty six hundred game, you'll have fun with that. It's cool. Um, but yeah, these guys. That's why you did see these companies that split off from Atari like that, um, and they made better games. Frankly, Pitfall for the time. I remember seeing Pitfall for the first time when I was a kid, and it blew my mind. I'm like, this game looks so good. Like, Pitfall Harry was actually three colors. Yeah. Whereas other characters in other you games... You could tell that the crocodiles were actual crocodiles. Yeah, you could, <laughs> there was definition there, and there was stuff happening, and there was a purpose. Like, you had a goal you had to meet. I mean, the idea of playing games really, at least for Atari's idea, was you can't beat these games. You just keep playing them, and you keep playing them. Right. Well, they're coming from the arcade era, which is what you needed to do to make money. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that now you have games that actually have a goal you can meet. You have a purpose. Uh, Chopper Command, another great Activision game, um, and I Magic. Like I was saying, you have again, you have just have these two companies out there. They were the two main companies, um, and there was there's just story upon story that you can hear about these guys going to you know going to conventions together and them all talking shit to each other. <laughs> I mean, they were like friendly, you know, cordial. But there was competition going on with oh, these yeah. guys, so that's kind of like you know, you know where this kind. I mean, there's a lot. There's there's history that goes back twenty years before that. I mean, you know, the original game, Space War, yeah, Space that Nor- War. You know, Nolan Bushnell did. He they, they they that was the first Atari game that got put in arcades. Uh, so the history of gaming goes back. You know, goes back to the fifties basically. That's the idea. Well, yeah, there was like uh, Muds, those like uh, old mainframe computer dungeon games. Multi-user were, dungeon. Yeah, and... my girlfriend still plays one. Oh yeah, they still make Muds. They still <laughs> have the text-based, the Tui, or yeah, it would be a text-based game. Mm-hmm. They still do those. People still like to play those. I think that li- that lends, like Amber says, <laughs> um, nice Don, nice, nice. Well, whatever. I'm just commenting back in the comments here. <laughs> you see I'm working here, don't you? <laughs> nope. Do you interrupt an artist when they're painting a picture? Yeah. No, yes. you don't. No, I, I was saying, uh, <laughs> uh, Amber, we talked about that. I'm like, well, why don't you play like something? She's like, this is just more imaginative. We just have fun with this. We we get, we have room to dream here a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with text adventures. Yeah, Like, you know, just... You're in a room. Do you go north? It explains the room to you. That's all there was to it. You know, like that's what mud is basically. Yeah, yeah. It's the same idea, except they're on mainframe, so you can actually like play them. So the later ones you could play with other people, though it was like a pre-internet, just local thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So this idea of retro gaming, um, I as I was saying before, I go ahead. What were you gonna say? What what draws us to this now? Like even H was just asking on here. What what is it about these games that we keeps us going back to them? Is it the quality of the games? Is it nostalgia? Is it that they're more fun? I mean, we've got a few people commenting on here saying that past the PS2 games weren't fun anymore. Well, okay, which well, I, I disagree with. That. I disagree with. I but. think what I think th- why people like retro gaming is uh for one they're more simplistic and i don't say simplistic in a bad way but the gameplay is uh more 
at the forefront. Now you have a lot of other things going on around the game. Like when you have a when you have a game that comes out now, it's got a million dollar advertising thing. You know, it's got like, oh, we have, uh, you know, this so and so actors doing the voice acting. Mm-hmm. This has the newest graphics. Is it in 4K? Everybody's like, oh, is it 60 frames per second? Everybody's like, you know, so obsessed with there's the a graphics. Lot of, there's a lot of technical things that yeah. are going on here. So yeah. all that's kind of like, uh, you know, covering up the actual gameplay. Like, is the gameplay good? Back in the day, the game was just all the gameplay. That's all you had. I mean, you had the graphics too, but they just served the purpose of like make, making it so you could play the actual game. Like, if you play Mario, like, your whole, like, Super Mario Brothers on on NES, you have Mario, you're jumping on stuff, and you go forward. Like, it sounds very simplistic, but the way it's built is very compelling and well oh, done yeah. and tight, and the controls are tight, and it's just, you know, it's just the game. The, that's all there is, is the game. Now there's so much stuff surrounding it, and shit, now we don't even get the whole game. We got DLC, pre-DLC, if you buy it from Kmart, you get some extra DLC, it's like it's too complicated. There's for too people. much stuff around gaming now. I think that kind of like the, there's actually like a secondary indie game boom going on right now, and all of it kind of centers around like pixelated games. Like I just played Celeste, homegrown, homebrews. Yeah, yeah. People are really flocking towards indie gaming. I think because they crave just having good fun games to play instead of all the 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 rigor. You know. Well, the homebrewing. Uh, I don't want to call it market, but the home brewing community for 2,600 carts again is it's it's growing and growing. There's people out there going back to the 6502 programming, you know, assembly, old school, yeah, and they're making games to the point where I'm like, I can do this. This would be fun to do, you know, and make a joke game just on a friend. You know, I mean, there's there's it, it's not easy work. It takes time, but it can be done. So there is a home brew community like you're talking about, Michelle, that are going all the way back to games like that, uh, which I find fascinating with all the technology we have people still want to go back not everybody but a handful of people want to go back and and play these games or write their own games which is what they're doing one of the things uh, that i i was just kind of reading around on this idea of you know retro gaming and why you know at least people in my age group like our age group chris um you know at the time there were there was i think there were some games that were at, aimed at adults they were trying to capture some of that market right but the vast majority i think um when we were kids and games were all our whole lives it was aimed at kids right um i think now as adults i guess we can call ourselves adults something like that um <laughs> maybe um there's a lot more disposable we're doing in- a podcast on games i don't think we can call ourselves <laughs> yeah. adults not quite I, there's there, a lot but- more but you know at our age there is more disposable income um, I know also, I'm, at least for me, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep about this, but I know when I hit 40, I kind of got nostalgic. Like, oh, my God, I'm 40 now. Let's look back on our life. Do, 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 do. And the, yeah. you know, the flashbacks and shit. And, like, one of the things was, like, I looked back and said, wow, you know. Oh, look I, at that. The stream finally cleared up. Wow, amazing. Sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. We're clear. We're clear. We were getting a lot of pixelation tonight for some reason. Is it, can they see this? Make sure Can you guys see that? Make sure you guys all see that. Can you guys see that? Okay, I think they did. Yeah, great. Outstanding. Mm. So I think that's one of those things, too. I, at least for me, there is a comfort. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice comfort to kind of look at Demon Attack again. Not on an emulator. I could do that anytime I want to actually sit down and take the cart. And there's and I read I watched another interview where somebody said, people just like to clunk that cart in. 
or slide that, you know, in the old NES, slide that that card in there, right? Um, there is a feeling about, I mean, and I like that well, ka-chunk. There's, it's cool, man. It's twofold. I think people like going back and playing that game on the system from when they were a kid. That's really fun. Yeah. But it is, it's that nostalgic feeling of like, oh, I want to watch. That joystick. I want to watch the original cut of Star Wars again all grainy and shit because that's yeah. how i saw it when i was a kid yeah it's i think the same that idea. it's the same exact thing no different it brings back it hits that certain little emotional area in your brain and some endorphins are released and you're happy i think there's like a physicality to that stuff too uh because now that every everything's digital all the time like there's no there's nothing stopping me for from grabbing my phone and streaming almost any movie without having to do anything but tap a screen a few times. Yeah. And it's like a nice thing to know that like when I play this game on a cartridge, it is a th- physical object that I bought that is mine and will functionally work forever. It is not just like some credit card transaction i did that gives me the license on a streaming service to have access to this thing that maybe might go away if some Mm -hmm. business deal goes raw in five years or something and then actually having to i don't know work for something i i i I have access to like a lot i have like a pretty uh like extensive emulator setup on my pc with retroarch which is this like platform that lets you insert other emulators into it and you can emulate literally everything yeah and i don't use it because i just like enjoy actually putting you know taking the effort of hooking my old stuff up and putting in carts and figuring out what i want to play and it's not just i don't know it, it adds some kind of like weird meaning to things where i don't feel like the games that i'm playing are disposable in a way that you go on steam or something these days and in the month of January, 480 new games came out on Steam. That's insane. Like, more than 90% of them didn't make, like, minimum wage equivalent money in sales, and you can't even identify what they are because there's just such, like... you would, you, would you could spend You could spend a full-time job going through all the new releases on that platform and still not play or identify all of them. It's just, like, yeah. such a disposable mass thing, but because it's an online digital platform... It's not going to crash because it's not costing the platform owners any money in a way that, like, a, a physical, a mass production of physical objects crashed Atari. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. No, a really, I, a really good example of why, you know, having physical copies of things is a good thing is the game, is the demo PT that came out that was, like, probably one of the top five best horror experiences gaming wise i've ever had and i mean it was a demo but they literally took it off the system and you can't download it anymore so there's like a little piece of gaming art that like kojima made that you can't access anymore because they decided you can't have it had that been a disc it's yours now you know it's yours forever it's the same reason why we collect films i why i collect films you know because it's easier if I have an actual physical Blu-ray. I always have this movie, and I know I can access it anytime I want. And it's not like Netflix, yeah. where Netflix changes what it has like every week. So you know, and then people are like, "Oh, boohoo!" It's you know, I don't have this yeah. thing. We're not. I'm well, like, "Oh, it's right you know, there." You know, Same in, thing with gaming. In regards to movies, too, Michelle. It's funny you mention that because I think about that. Like you know, I stream plenty of movies, right? And and some of them are good. Some are not so good. I don't know. Um, but whether they're good or not, if I'm streaming them, I tend, and I've had this happen to me before, it's embarrassing. People are like, hey, did you see that movie? I'm like, eh, did I? 
did I see that movie? I don't know if I saw that movie. And then right. I go home and look at my Netflix or something like that. I'm like, I, and I maybe watch a couple frames. I'm like, holy crap, I watched that movie. That doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's just, I, but the point is, I, when I buy a movie, well, I have a, I've made an investment into that yeah. movie now. I tend to stick that deeper into my gray matter that way, and I tend to retain, like, okay, I did see that movie. I've invested into this movie. I've invested into this p- physical piece of art that we're talking about, right? And it's no different for games, I think, too. And that's what makes, I mean, I think we've seen this happen with music. We've seen it happen with movies. We've seen it happen with games. We've even seen it happen with books now, right? Um, and, I mean, it isn't to shit. I mean, we've talked about this before. And at least from my standpoint, I want to be clear that I'm not shitting on digital media. Yeah, I don't have a problem with no. digital games. Either. I think it's really great and convenient. And, you know, what's the use of having technology if you can't use it to its fullest potential, right? However, I do think that it does. That's that's one of the byproducts of it, though, is that things just, like you said, 400-something games in one month. I mean, I mean, literally, there's only 400. I think there's like four or 500 games were made for the 2600. With all these companies, yeah. that that was over like maybe six, seven years possibly because it started back in '77, right? So and with with the original Sears type games that were going, there, there was all. I don't, uh, I don't think it was consumer till '79, but but sure. yeah, with the Sears was doing games though. Well, there was the I don't want to get into a pedantic, stupid no. <laughs> historical thing. Uh, so there was the, like the Atari Eight Hundred and the Atari Computer System, which yeah, also yeah. had games, which was pre prior to the VCS and wasn't like a. He used tapes and discs and yeah, more, yeah. more like a computer that also played games and not like the VCS or the 2600 that was like a dedicated gaming system. So, yeah, there was stuff all the way back to like the MX-1000 and stuff in yeah, like 75 yeah. and mm-hmm. 70, 75 through 77, but there wasn't as many. Well, the, like, po- the point is, is that that, yeah. that population of games equals to like one oh, yeah. month of output, right? How, no, no matter how many years it was. Um so that's just kind of mind numbing. But all that, all those, all that output from those games—they were all physical games, though. Yeah. They were all things you, you could put your hand on. You could still can. You can still find these games. Um, so that's kind of numbing. I think this idea. Well, I think it's awesome. I, you know, I think we all think it's awesome. It does, I think, maybe make things much more disposable. Not only just from a physical—they're very disposable from a physical standpoint—but uh, much more disposable mentally. Oh yeah, they for just. Sure. You're not retaining, you know. I mean, you're not supposed to remember everything, I guess. But that's kind of a. And I've had when I have, I've had that happen where um, I, I don't remember seeing that movie because I fucking streamed it one time on Netflix, and I, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting hearing that too because now there is with like Twitch and these game streaming services, you have all these people who do, and this is, I guess, not about retro, but whatever. Uh, you have all these people that are like, oh, well, I don't. I don't want to spend sixty dollars in this game. I'll just uh, watch a full play playthrough on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That too. And they'll you know, say like the equivalent. They'll be like, "Oh, I beat that game," or "Oh, yeah, well, I watched that. I watched right. them play the whole game. I know everything there is to know." And it was. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like no, this whole. You didn't. Be like that doesn't count. There, I I would be lying if I said I hadn't like watched the ending to a game that I started because I wanted to see how it ended, but I wasn't interested in continuing to play it. Maybe like an alternate it. ending. Yeah, or, or like watching other endings of like sixty hour game yeah. that I didn't want to put a bunch more time into. But like there's people, uh, I I think they're like value way too highly on like just like uh, just whatever. I'll just watch someone else play it at some point. Like I like watching other people play games, but. It is not the same mental value as actually putting in the effort yourself. I'm sure there's a whole debate on some other podcast just about that subject alone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, I, I mean, to me, it's like, it is like, wow, like, wait a minute. So, 
YouTube is full of long yeah, plays. Oh, they yeah. call just like yeah. full playthroughs of games. Oh, I've watched the hell out of them. Yeah, I, I have. I've because I'm, I'm not. I'm not a contemporary gamer. I mean, I'm not a gamer. I'm a bad classic gamer. I'm fucking terrible <laughs> at this <laughs> yeah, shit. That's fine, man. Uh, you know, I'm not a good gamer, but I enjoy it. But it, like you know, yeah, there's been games where I have been like, oh, I want to play Dead Space. You know, I want to try that out. And I got about me half an hour into. It, I'm like, I can't do this shit. <laughs> I don't have the patience for this. And I. Straight to YouTube. Let's see how this ends, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's great. That is really cool to see that done. But yeah, if you're if you consider yourself a gamer, that's you're just a watcher. You're a game watcher. <laughs> you're a spectator. You're the equivalent of what we are when we were kids, Chris, when we go to the arcade and watch some other guy just kick ass on Dragon's Lair or something yeah. like that. Or on Mach three or something like that. Or Mach One or whatever. I mean, we're you're a spectator. You're no different. But instead of standing around a cabinet with a bunch of kids with cigarettes hanging out of their mouth, um, you're sitting on YouTube with uh, with millions of other people watching this person kick major ass on a game with right? vape with vape pens sticking out of your mouth. Well, I mean, <laughs> like uh, true, when, true. When we were at South by Southwest, they had the gaming competition going on. Yeah, and it was you know it was a mobile app. These two dudes were like sitting on stage playing a mobile it app. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And there's like by the way. a bunch of people in like like stadium style seating sitting there watching these kids play mobile apps on their iPhones. But the, and I'm like, it was funny because like the <laughs> commentator guy was trying to make it sound really exciting, but it's just two guys going looking at their phone. Yeah, I can't imagine that being like totally. Yeah, they, they had them up on big screens though, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I actually love yeah. watching competitions, like you know, fighting game competitions and stuff. Oh yeah, because there's because, I don't even play fighting games, and yeah. I don't watch fighting games. Yeah, it's like because the every you know every player has their own personality surrounding them, and they got their own thing. And it's exciting, and they're like you know, it's like you're getting really into it. But that was just dumb. Watching two guys play a cell phone game is a the dumbest app. thing I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. It's gonna get even worse. Like the current biggest game. Biggest modern game, Fortnite Battle Royale, just launched their uh, iPad version, and it's like, oh, this game made $3 million in the first 48 hours just from the phone wow. version. Holy crap. What is it with this Fortnite game? My uh, daughter keeps talking it's about just it. A she doesn't even like it. So that, that's game. how you know it's popular. It's when all like the, the teens and tweens are talking yeah. about it. So uh, it's just Fortnite. like, so there was a game that came out last year called uh, PUBG as, it's, as uh, Players Unknown Battlegrounds. It's just like you know Battle Royale, like the film Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. It's that you drop a it's a hundred people drop drop onto an island full of weapons. They drop in this case you jump off of a plane onto an island full of weapons all over the map, and you it's last man standing. Do any by any means necessary kill everyone. Holy crap! Wow. And it got really it got insanely popular super fast, and then a lot of people played it. And then they realized that like it's a really like subtle because it's it's built on old like old relative term late like late 2000s survival games like arma these games that are built from built by like dudes with military fetishizations who like have like oh you need to craft bandages to if you get shot in your arm you have to like bandage yourself and all the like the bullet drop is really accurate and all the weapons have really specific yeah, like yeah. well crafted things and so that's based on this really really like simulationy thing and it makes for really cool moments of like, oh, well, I was hiding in this room and I heard st- footsteps outside and I, I backed in this corner and, and caught people off guard. And it was really neat, but it's like really, really intense and games go 40 minutes to an hour. And if you die, you know, there's only one winner out of 100 people. Yeah. So uh, Epic Games, who took 
who has been developing this game, other game, I mean, it's Fortnite, the single player game for 10 years or something, just said, hey, let's try to do this and make it more approachable and cartoony and easier to play. And then they did that. And then every every human being between the age of nine <laughs> and 18. Oh, and it's free also. Fortnite Battle Royale is totally free on consoles, phones, PC, everything. Wow. So it's like, hey, we're going to do a better, easier game that's more approachable with shorter matches built on the same like fun idea of everyone jump 100 people jump off a plane and kill each other and then they said hey we're gonna offer it free sell a bunch of costumes and Mm -hmm. and in-game purchases and shit and then get all the streamers and teenagers in it and then now literally everyone plays it and it has like four and a half million active players at any given time for the most part and they released, like, a fully playable, like, you would never want to play a first-person shooter on a phone, and people are just eating it up. It's, it's I wild. have a question. This was just a couple of years ago, and I forgot the name of the damn game, and I'm sure you do. There was this game that was, it, it exploded overnight, uh, and it was a game where you just would visit planets. It, it, it was that. Are you talking about uh, No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky, thank you. That thing seemed to vaporize. I haven't heard a word. Of, yeah, because the produce the guy that made the game lied about. Yeah, practically every aspect of it. It was all hype, and then it. it came out, and then it. Just and everybody was like, "What died happened on the vine?" He made a bunch of promises he couldn't keep, basically, and lied about all kinds of like game modes he was going to be in it. And then the game comes out, and everybody's like, "Like they're basically it's like you know randomly generated planets or whatever." But he was like, "Oh man, you know if you and some other persons on the same planet, you can like meet up." And then so like the literally the day that came the game came out, yeah. two people went to the same planet and like couldn't find each other and they're like wait a minute and then basically they found out all all the shitty light about that was supposed to be in the game oh so that's why it died on the vine yeah yeah it was like a bunch of really ambitious ideas that were really cool but the game came out probably six months to a year before it should have and they made a bunch of promises about like oh it it really did have this infinite world like there was really advanced technology behind the game and they generated a thing that's like literally in the trillions of numbers of planets like wow. it was a functionally infinite amount of game and you weren't either it's like oh even if 100 million people play this game no one's gonna find each other in the first two years or something and people found each other the day it came out <laughs> and then discovered that all these things about multiplayer just weren't in the game you two you could stand as far as n- me next to each other like this in a on, on the same planet and you couldn't see each other because there's no actual multiplayer in the game oh funny enough had he just said th- what the game was people would yeah. have like dug that I mean, because it was a cool, like, like kind of solo space trucking simulator for (laughs) me. I just like found a cool ship and just like mined stuff and put on like a good soundtrack and just explored the universe and collected shit and sold it and made money. And it was like a fun enough thing. But yeah, it got old really fast. And there was a million things they told us would be there that weren't uh, my my review is on the site. If you ever want to check it out, yeah, well, I gave it, it a four out. It is the lowest score I've ever given to a movie. Holy crap! Of game, I give it a four out of ten. Well, I mean, I was really interested in that when I I just saw the the hype coming up and I started reading. I'm like, well, now this sounds like something I could play, and it just I never got around to it, you know. But I, I'm glad I didn't because I think I think the reason was is it just died that fast. Well, and then they they had so much bad press because Sony Sony published it it wasn't just like a small company like sony put money behind this and put a big a bunch of money into the marketing and then ate a ate a mouthload of shit for it 
Uh, so yeah. sounds there was, delicious. There was such a uh, a bad response that the the team continued. So it's actually like a much better game now than it was when it launched because they've continued to support it. So like if the game that came out that's there today came out then, and they also didn't totally fuck the messaging up about what was and wasn't in the game, yeah, it would have been a smashing success. But they put it out a year too early and lied about it. So and basically, it was the Justice League of yeah, video like the, games. Yeah, it could have been like a really cool thing that was really popular for maybe not like a Fortnite, not like an everyone in the world, but like it, it could have been a real cool thing and it was yeah. not. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about Fortnite that kind of ties it back to classic gaming is Fortnite is a very simple premise, which is what people like from games, I think. I mean, well, there there are games that there that people like that are really complex because I'm one of these people. I really like, uh, you know, uh, multitasking and micromanaging stats and things yeah. and armor and numbers. And I love doing that stuff. But, you know, the kind of games that appeal to a huge demographic are simplistic games, which Fortnite, PUBG, very simplistic like premise you're on an island uh weapons kill each other island progressively gets smaller forces everybody into the center it's like perfect that's like a very that's a fucking genius concept actually like i'm not even mad that that game's popular really because that that premise is genius just like another game that you know broke out was minecraft same exact thing such a fucking simple premise blocky graphics like build things you can build whatever mine stuff and you use the stuff you mine to build things it's very simple you know well, and the simple graphics and that game was like an absolute smash hit well, because it was simplistic you what's know? funny is that a couple of years ago we bought connor that alienware machine mm-hmm. but it's a steam machine yeah you know you can boot into it's a dual boot you can boot into steam or you can boot into windows yeah and he hasn't been playing it as much lately but for the first like six or seven months that he had the thing I mean, he was playing all this like old 8-bit, 16-bit shit on there, and he loved it. And I was like, this stuff looks like Contra, mm-hmm. you know? It yeah, looks like yeah. totally old school. And I think there's like still a real good market there for kids getting into that type of gaming. Well, I don't know. I mean, the side-scrollers and shit like that. My biggest you know? complaint with all content, I mean, I, not all games, I guess, but... Like I said a few minutes ago, I mean, I bought Dead Space a long time ago now. And I tried, I, I'm like, oh, I'll do this. You know, I, I bought Resident Evil Nemesis for PlayStation. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to play this. And they, they're good games. They're great games. But it was just too much for me. I want to just plug in, you know, just or, you know, clunk the cartridge in and go at it and, and have some fun for maybe only five or ten minutes. I could go for like a couple hours maybe, but it just it depends on where I'm at, right? And that's what I think made these older games so addictive, right? Pitfall, for example, there's a reason that it's number one across most lists of like all the classic, you know, 2600 games is because Pitfall is ridiculously addictive. It really is. You can go for days playing that yeah, game, and yeah. I have. Um, I think, too... Um, well, I mean, I just, I that's that's what I thought. <laughs> that's yeah. it's just, it, I think there's just, well, it's, it's a, simple. It's it's an idea. Just go play a game. It's built on the thing that kind of all of the greatest <laughs> games, even outside of video games, but games in a general sense, like the easy to learn, hard to master thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a game that is as fun. You might get sick of it because you've done the same thing a lot, but it's kind of 
the fun that is there is the same fun the but first time you play as it, it versus a hundred hours later. Yeah. yeah. And it's all, it's like mastery and also just in, in, it feels good to play. And also there is like a progression of personal progression. Like I'm not necessarily, there is a score, there's a high score aspect of it, but I'm not necessarily like seeing a level, my level gauge go up like an RPG. It's more like my personal level gauge of knowing how well I do with this yeah. game goes up. Every yeah. Time yeah. I play it. So well, there's I, like a you know right. two games that came out that are kind of retro in style are Super Meat Boy, uh, and Celeste. Yeah. Uh, and like you were saying, the the personal progression is you can feel it in those games because, uh, like Super Meat Boy has is very simplistic controls. It's like run, jump. You yeah, can do it a feels wall so jump. Fucking good. It those games feel so good. Like is why silk. Half the yeah. reason why they're so um, good. Um, but so like you'll start playing Super Meat Boy and it feels really fucking hard when you first play it. And then so you play it for a while and you go through several levels and you'll go back to an earlier level and it's like the easiest thing that's ever, that yeah. you know, and you feel that progression, you feel yourself getting better and there's like more of like a, a personal reward from it than a game where like, uh, I think it was uh, not, it might have been Skyrim, uh, they... Uh, when, when you leveled up in that game, they would level up the enemies around you. Yeah, the the, your, the so, enemies levels are always yeah. So it never felt like you. you were badass. It never felt like you were getting better at the game. It always had that same kind of like flat feel to it. But with old school games, like you can tell when you're getting better. And like yeah. back in the day, they didn't have like you know you maybe had passwords and stuff, but a lot of times you would die and it would take you back to the beginning of the level or you only had a finite amount of lives and then it would take you back to the beginning of the game. So you had to literally get better at the game to beat the game. Well, yeah, and, and you didn't and have pause. I think difficulty <laughs> level back is what also kind of brings people back to retro gaming because retro games are harder than most modern games. They're, re- modern they're brutal. Ga- yeah, modern games have more of like a learning curve because there's like a million buttons and all this stuff. But, you know, just like... I've seen those videos. I really hate them, but it's like kids react to this or whatever. But like you give them a little, you give like a, a 10 year old Ninja Gaiden and he's just getting fucked up in yeah, that game. That's like, a he's difficult game. Tore oh, very up. difficult game. Like they don't make hard games like that really anymore. There, There's too many outs now. Now it's like, you know, oh, I got the white Tanuki suit. I can't die because I don't want to get sad for five minutes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, yeah, I had a I had a whole conversation about that recently with a, a friend of mine who I play games with, and just a haul about. And this comes up on um, I listen to a podcast with a bunch of dudes in their a bunch of dudes in their late thirties, early forties who've been playing games forever. Yeah, uh, and they talk about how like, and and I feel this way to some extent as well. I, I've never had kids, so I don't really know what it's like that much dealing with kids. They suck. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of like, I feel like modern day games do not give kids enough credit mm-hmm. like the kids who gr- yes if you bought a like a really hard game when you were a kid and you were really bad at it it didn't always feel good to buy that game but there were times you were just like hey this is my console i saved up birthday money i bought this yep. game i'm going to play Fucking this game this shit. and yeah. like this kid a six-year-old kid doesn't know this video game. They, they know it's hard because they're playing it, but they don't understand how hard or, like, how much challenge or mastery would be required getting really good at this. So, like, little kids got really good at really hard games because they're just like, well, this is the game that I had, so I played the shit out of it. And it mm-hmm. wasn't like my parents said this game was too hard, so they bought me something on my iPhone to play that was easy. Yeah. It's just like there are times I want to, like, if I ever had kids, just like, hey, play this game and just try it out. If you don't like it, we'll do something else. But, like 
kids are smarter than we think. Like yeah. our whole generation grew up with, you know, you guys grew up with even like harder games or games that yeah. didn't explain themselves at all. And you just had to no, figure them no, out. Even they weren't hard, they were just inscrutable and it took intelligence to figure out what you needed to do. And, mem- and uh, you know, pattern memorization. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah like I that. just found a trick. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because uh, Demon Attack, I was talking about that. Yeah. I That was one of the cards I lost. So I went this past weekend and said, I'm just going to get a card. I'm going to go on eBay. Somebody will have one. It's not hard to find. And I ordered one literally two freaking days later. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're talking about pattern recognition, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're young, like when I was young, it was like, just like, I'm getting my ass kicked here. I, I, you know, that's a tough game to play. But I sat down now with just with experience and just being, you know, a professional for so many years, just understanding statistics and how, how patterns work and things like that. You can pick it up pretty easy now. Not saying the game is easy. It's actually a pain in the ass to play still. But I just found quick like I found a way I just if I did a couple of moves back and forth and went to the left, the monsters, the demons don't drop any bombs on me. They sit right next to me and just keep dropping bombs. Well you have like a, a you're approaching it as an adult who just can learn from their mistakes in a way that like yeah, a kid yeah. will a kid will just keep doing something and just be like well I died I guess I got to go again mm-hmm. you just be like oh yeah I died here this is what I have to do this is what I need to do to prevent this other thing yeah, from happening yeah. so I mean those games like you were saying they they were vicious well I think uh, it they was were really vicious games uh, Cuphead was the game that really brought difficulty level and gaming to the good. to the forefront. Because Cuphead is actually a perfect, it's like a throwback to a retro time where you had to, like, your skills had to improve for you to progress in the game. And that concept was so alien to people now that people were, like, mad at the developers of Cuphead saying that it it was, they were, like, upset saying, well, no, I, there's people that can't see parts of the game because they can't get good enough. Like, well, that's just too damn bad. It's the way it is. That's I didn't see the like ending of Ninja Gaiden until I was in my fucking 35 yeah, and I had a, safe states <laughs> on an emulator. pain in the ass. You that know, like... Always been a pain in the it, ass. But that's so satisfying. I feel like that's that feeling of satisfaction of finally getting well, past something. It's accomplishment. Yeah, it, it, you don't get those from, like, big open world... Just you know, collectathon kind of games because there's really like it, the, you know. Yeah, well, here's an example, um, and I kind of have a list. I I, don't, I I made notes for this show because I can't keep anything straight in my brain anymore. Atari uh, made a game. You remember the movie Crawl? I think I've talked yeah. about the yeah. movie Crawl. Yeah, I like that movie. People want to shit on it. Fuck them. They're stupid. It's a fun movie to watch. They actually made an Atari. Atari, Atari did an adaptation of that game, and it was just a. You know, we were talking about artwork earlier, and this is what Atari was famous for. And I've read a bunch of stuff of how they got they got the art they had because you'd see these. Of course, you'd see you know crawl. Well, they just have that was easy. They just had you know a rendering of just part of the movie, an action scene, right? Um, you mean like the cover art? Yeah, the cover art. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And how it ties into the game, right? Because then you look at you look at Crawl, the game, and it, yeah, it don't look anything like that at all. Raiders of the Lost Ark, same shit. I mean, it, they, I mean, the music was so bad. It, I, it's so fun to listen to the the, the 2600 uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark game when it when you flick it on, is it's you know dun, 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 you know we all know the theme, mm-hmm. right? But they didn't have the technology to replicate that song properly. So, so it's that. Do, 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 do. Well, yeah, with the only 
Uh, I mean, the 2600 had like two sound channels. Yeah. It so, had to interrupt its music to play sound effects. But Crawl was a game you could beat. Like 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 uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Crawl was a game you could beat. And yeah, I had to work on it. I had to put time into it. Did you say Crawl? Crawl. Oh, man. Crawl. Yeah, Crawl. Yeah. I had crawl. to work on it, but I finally was able to beat the game. And I had to, yeah, I had to improve my skill set. There was things I had to get better at. There was things I had to get faster at. I had to understand things. And I eventually beat the game. And what a great feeling that is. Yeah. Well, you know, and then think of... And, it's a sense of accomplishment, like I said. And I hate every time... And it, it still happens. I hate every time someone who just says, like, video games had no non-entertainment value. Or, like, hey, these are bad. They're rotting your brain, so don't let your kids play them. Because it's just like, I learned, like, grit, whatever, whatever phrase you want to call it, like... Hey, if you fail at something, you should try again and maybe take two seconds, analyze what went wrong that time, and maybe try something different. And I learned that ten times more playing games than I ever did from taking fucking spelling tests. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of value in like hiding some hiding useful life skills in something fun. Like, there's ten billion pages of studies about gamification and 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 learning and all these buzzwords but there's like a lot of science to like hey a kid will want to solve a problem if that problem is even a little bit fun and they can probably learn from it in the process and there are a lot of people who just like still think that not even i'm not even talking about like the the christian devil folks being like (laughs) oh if you play video games to worship satan no i'm just talking about like the if you play video games, your brain's going to turn to mush and you're going to well, get fat and die. Well, I mean, it's engaging, like, yeah. all your senses yeah, and your hand-eye coordination. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I was playing a lot of RPGs. That's a ton of reading, you know? I'm not saying that shit was, like, you know, the greatest pros to, especially back in Nintendo days when, the, you know, the translation was a little iffy. But All your bases are... Bon- yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it was RPGs. We There's a lot signal. of reading going on, you know, and... It, I've every almost every aspect of my personality, my skill set now comes from video games. Growing up on them, to be honest, I mean, I grew up. I was a nerd and and no. I was super introverted and I was really unpopular in school. And video games were like the only place I felt safe and and like comfortable and in control. Yeah. And I think that outlet, if you take that away from some kids, that could be a bad thing. I mean, up until that, up until, you know, Columbine, when everybody started blaming school shootings on video games because they, and it's always people that don't play games that say this shit too. You're like, oh, you play games? No. You know, because they don't understand. They don't understand that 99% of people that play video games actually get stuff out of them. And the 1% that shoot up places were going to do it no matter what they were doing as a hobby, in my opinion. They could have been yeah, stamp yeah. collecting. They would have shot a school And especially relevant considering Trump's recent accusation regarding video games and violence. Back like, in the media again. We're bringing yeah. this shit back from the, the 90s, yo. Days. Yeah, Jack Thompson. They, he's probably like, yeah, fucking rubbing his hands together. The rot your brain aspect of video games that you mentioned, Justin, uh, that did come from some place. I mean, there, there's a few ideas that have been out there, but one of the things was when Pac-Man hit Oh, yeah. Pac- well, because there's an shores. addictive aspect there of was, games, too, which yeah. is negative, and I well, understand. Well, in the coin op, that meant a shitload more money. People kept plunking quarters in there. So one of the things I know historically that was said is that there were a lot of pissed off parents. Uh, their kids were blowing every single penny they gave them or every single quarter they gave them in arcades. Oh, yeah. And they weren't doing anything else with their money. So that's where that idea came from, where parents started hitting the streets saying, 
Video games are bad for our kids. They're rotting their brain. All they think about is going to this arcade now and shoving quarters in this machine over and over again. And that's kind of where that idea came from. I remember the same thing happened to me. I mean, I and I felt kind of there was that. Oops, sorry. There was that era too for me where I felt like, <laughs> well, games are bad. You know, they're bad for me. They're. I felt I was programmed too to a certain degree. And all it really came from is because my parents didn't want to give me any more goddamn money. For that. And that's one of those things <laughs> where, like, day. that makes far more sense than when I go on Facebook and see people in 2018 make the same argument. Well, yeah. that's yeah, it's ridiculous. That's what I mean. It was like, ridiculous it's ridiculous then. Sure, it was. It was ridiculous in in the Space Invaders Pac Man era, and then now, 30, 40 plus years later, it should be people making the exact same arguments just because. They're spouting the things that they were raised, or it's like, oh yeah, well this was bad when I was a kid. Nothing has well, changed. Because there's yeah. still a changes. stigma attached to oh, yeah, gaming, absolutely. which I find hilarious because somebody will be like, oh, you play video games? Like you fucking watch, you know, seven seasons of The Bachelor at a time, but all, all you spend your time great, but I want to play some games. All of a sudden, I'm yeah, wasting consider, my time. I would consider gaming much well, more productive than that. See now, like for me, um, coming up during that '80s era of. The giant arcades, like we had a couple on Gratiot, Dude, they you were know, everywhere. within a couple of miles awesome. of here, we had two huge arcades. Um, you know, that was like, awesome. that was like family time for me. Like my dad be like, okay, let's go get a pizza, a pizza hut, you know, and then we would go to the arcade and we would play fucking Galaga all night long. Cause yeah. my dad to this very day, 72 years old, still loves Galaga. It's because Galaga is a great game. Galaga is a classic yeah. game. We yeah. would go and we'd play Galaga and Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Um, but, you know, all those vintage games, it was just fun. You know, I played a lot of pinball, though, too. Pinball but, is great. Yeah, pinball Pinball's is great. But, you know, it was really like something that we did together. Um, also... My dad's cousin was the manager at Major Magic's on Gratia. Oh, dude. So I could, like, go up there with, like, my aunt and my cousins, and he would just give us, like, the giant, like, extra large cups full of tokens. He'd just be like, here you go. Give us each one of them. And we would just play oh, games yeah. for five or six hours, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it was a family thing. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just sitting in the basement playing Atari all day long. It was something it helped develop hand-eye coordination, but it was something we could go and do with our brothers or sisters or cousins, aunts, uncles, dads, moms, whatever, Yeah, you know? And I think people forget that that was, you know, a big thing in the 80s, that parents would go do this with their kids. The so. death of arcades is definitely one of the saddest things to come out of, like, uh, the online gaming uh, revolution or what have you. Like, when I went to Japan, it's not dead there, and the arcades are absolutely amazing, and there were, like, gaming doesn't have the stigma in Japan that it does here. Right, right. Like, everybody plays games. So many people play games, it doesn't matter. It's, like, so ubiquitous there that it doesn't have the stigma here. Like, I would go into an arcade and see a guy in a three-piece business suit gaming it up, like, you know, smoking yeah, a cigarette. Stories, it's like, oh, yeah, it's lunchtime, so there's some salary, salary yeah. man from some Japanese business just playing Gundam Extreme Versus or whatever yeah. in the arcade in Japan, that used, and that's totally okay. But that, used to it have, used to be like, you know, yeah. uh, you hang out with your friends and you go to the arcade, and you'd make friends at the arcade. You know, you'd go to the arcade, and you, and you always put your quarter up on a thing, so you're standing there waiting, and you're talking to the dude next to you, or it, that's how you hung out. It was like a place to go. Like, you'd be like, hey, let's get all the people and go to the arcade and hang out. 
it should be, uh, it, it can be a social thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, it would totally was. And, and it's kind of the same thing now. I mean, having, you know, kids that are teenagers like Connor, you know, he is like way into video games. He kind of got into video games at the beginning of the Minecraft thing, you know? Um, so he was really into that for a long time. But when he has his friends over, what do they do? They're on the Nintendo Switch. They're on the Xbox One. They're playing games on the computer. And, like, you know, it's not just that they're wasting time. That's, like, they're yeah. they're socializing, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. they're enjoying that together. So I think some of that stigma is just total bullshit. No, we did that a lot. Um that was part. That was that was our social life growing up. When it came to playing, we, we hey, what, yo, wait, you got Spider Man? Bring it over, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. can I borrow oh, yeah, that for the night? Yeah, that never yeah, went away. I mean, it was the same thing for me. Just different consoles, different time period, but we yeah. did the same shit. Oh, yeah. you bought this yeah. game? I'll come over. I got you know. There's always that one rich kid on the street that had all the games because I got two games yep. a year. I got birthday game and I got a Christmas game, so I had to pick wisely. I'd be fucking pouring over Nintendo powers trying to pick the <laughs> game because you only got one. So yeah. if it sucked, you were you know you were shit out of that luck was, for six months. Well, that was what we did. Yeah, I don't care what console it was. It's just what, yeah, exactly. what we did, and that was a big part of you know at least I know me growing up uh, for that you know decade I guess for me because um, it did bleed into NES also, um, and we did we just would sit there and play games for hours and we get pissed off at each other and we talk shit to each other if we were playing against each other of course, um, but we were always friends at the end. You know, that, that's a that's a great thing. I, I really have a problem hearing people say, going back to that point, that they're rotting your brain. I, I think there is a negative. I think too much of anything is bad for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know I know we all know a person. I personally know a person whose life went to shit because of video games. Probably. I would bet it would be like an online RPG. Like, yeah, was that's what it was. Yep. I had to quit. Wow. Because I almost failed Everquest. my senior year of college. So. I watched I watched a guy literally. Um, I lived with him for a couple well, about a year and a half and yeah. i watched him go from you know he was a tall dude uh you know six about six two tall guy fit stayed <laughs> yeah, active, i'm not saying your name <laughs> stayed active no i'm not saying any names stayed active um and then i he moved in with me in my house and i watched it was it was actually kind of scary to watch it happen man i watched him just just balloon out <laughs> i mean over a very short amount of time you know um uh, and then just stop doing everything that he was doing before, except playing his game. Yeah, actually, he would... broke up with a fiance because of EverQuest. Holy it was shit. like one wow. of the main reasons because he literally played that game ten, twelve hours a day and got gross and fat and like didn't go out and didn't, wouldn't go anywhere with me. Yeah, I would be like, hey, can we go see this movie? Oh, I got a raid. So. And you know, oh if, my God! So you know, if I'm saying, I, I mean, I've playing... been that person. So I, <laughs> not in a long time, and I stopped because of that ex- that exact situation. But, but you know what's funny is I'm like a ginormous gamer too. So if I'm saying you're playing too much, it's too much because I play a lot of games. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, because yeah. it became a second job. It wasn't. It was. Like, I told wa- him yeah, that playing WoW was not me happy fun game no. time. It was. 
it was like a summer between a couple years of college where it was just like, all right, I'm working 50 hours a week at doing fucking tech work at somewhere and then also playing this game 40 hours a week. He would have exact times he'd have to be on, Mm -hmm. like like clocking in and shit. He'd be like, I rated like four nights a week from uh, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. And he's like, he wouldn't eat dinner with me. Like it was so I I had to break off the relationship. Sorry, I mentioned this. What? No, it's not bad. (laughs) That's. It's what was time. the um? What was the Zelda game for the Nintendo sixty four? Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my bad gaming story, and this revolves around retro gaming. Um, I got Ocarina of Time, and it was right around the time me and Alicia were getting married. Alicia just so happened to lose her job. I happened to lose my job. I got laid off literally the week before we got married. And uh, <laughs> we got a lot of money for our wedding, and we put it on the bank. And when we came home, we got sucked into Ocarina of Time. Holy shit. And literally, for like a month, we lived off of our wedding money. Oh, my God. Sorry, people. That sounds bummed. amazing, actually. We lived yeah. off of our wedding money. <laughs> we smoked dope. We stayed up like all night, every night, till that 7 or 8 cool. in, in the morning. And we... As a couple, we played Zelda. Well, that's a very I, you, that's you, not a bad thing. It's a you know, I've, bonding I, thing. I do that yeah. like once a year when a game comes out I really want to play. That's like something I, I get excited about. Yeah, yeah, I took like five days off of work when <laughs> Zelda for Switch came out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't, well that's so. But the, the key part of that is that at the end of that month, you probably got jobs. <laughs> Oh yeah, and we then did. moved on with your life. Yes, we did. Uh, yeah, it didn't in a, go in a way down. That it didn't keep not going everyone down. Does. Yeah, we actually did. Um, we both got fair jobs, and we I, were good. I to mean, go you from picked there. a great game for it. Yeah, Ocarina time of Time is good. a very even divorced from the idea that it's a very good video game. It is an extraordinarily important video game for well, like what 3D. If that game didn't come out, we might not have 3D action games that we have now. Yeah, it invented yeah. like. Um, like hold down uh, the hold down targeting camera mm-hmm. system that's used in basically like every 3D action game where you hold, you actually lock onto targets. That game like invented a conceptual idea that every 3D video game has used since then. You know, it Nintendo so seems like they invent a lot of things. Well, they had to like in you order know? to make they they wanted to be at so much at the forefront of 3D at that era like. They needed to invent the camera concept for yeah. Mario 64. They needed to invent lock-on targeting for Zelda. Like, those are things that's like, I always like, thought hey, it was funny they had literally somebody holding a camera in the game because the idea of a camera was so foreign yeah. that they had to have a thing, like, like to explain to you the concept of the cam- the game camera, mm-hmm. but it was, like, a physical thing, something holding a camera. Oh, yeah, I remember. All like, the idea of camera yeah. was they invented that game camera. And I know we didn't quite get to it, but I, I, part of that conversation about retro gaming appealing to more people is that, like, when I try to introduce games to people who don't play a lot of games, controlling three-dimensional characters and a character and a camera at the same time is one of the most foreign ideas mm-hmm. to people who don't play games regularly. You give them a 2D game, they say, move, you turn, hit left, your character goes left, hit yeah. right, your yeah. character goes right. Yeah. Uh, is a really understandable concept in a way that, like, oh, well, you can move in 3D space, and also you move relevant relative to the camera, and you can also move what camera your direction is facing. Like, that's really hard for people who don't play a lot of games. Yeah, that's it's it's a steep. I think it's a steep learning curve for anybody. Yeah, yeah, who don't who, who is just used to the 2D universe. Yeah, like me. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible gamer. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that. 
I, this is a pretty wide subject. Yeah. We, we scraped the surface. I did want to throw a couple of these out. I, I did make some dumb lists here. As I know we got we to gotta cut pretty soon here, but... So I threw some lists out here of, of a couple, at least at least my Hall of Fame. I don't know if you guys remember any. If you can recognize it, Chris, you probably recognize more than anybody. But uh, Berserk, which is a coin oh, op. Oh, Berserk is yeah. great. Coin op ad- adaptation. Breakout. Oh, yeah. The original Atari Breakout. Um, combat, which is what the original VCS shipped with. That yep. one cartridge that had like 50 games on it. Well, Did you know they oh, made the, the... The, the Combat 2 that they made that never came out is on the Atari flashback? Yeah. I you have can actually, yeah. You can get, you can actually play the not officially released yeah. Combat Two on there. That's really yeah. I have that. I, I have that at with home. Uh, submarines cool. or boats or whatever. The the non the original <laughs> yep. one is tanks and planes, and mm-hmm. they added the third mode in yep. Combat Two. Defender, which is another coin op oh, yeah. adaptation, which was one of the finer games. Oh, Defender is sweet. That one really that was, was another arcade classic. That game too. felt good. That was a fun game to play. That game is programmed to suck a quarter out of you every thirty-four seconds. Pretty much. No, like that's what the designer they of that figured game. That out. Yeah, yeah, they did that on purpose. <laughs> they talked about that. They were they, yeah. they actually were getting stats on that, like how many quarters, like, and they figured yeah. it out for time. It's There's crazy. a GDC talk from that guy. The I don't remember his name, but the defender designer. And I don't know if it was Rob Fulop who did that. No, it wasn't Rob no, Fulop. I don't remember. I used to know when I was I, I've heard that talk. Smarter, yeah. Um, Joust, another great, yep. uh, another great coin op adaptation. Sorry, I mentioned Crawl already. Uh, Moon Patrol. Looked like dog shit on Atari compared to the, uh, the, to, card compared to the yeah yeah it looked but it was fun it was fun to play still it's it felt the same it didn't look I nearly played as game good. relatively recently actually. yeah the 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 coin op was phenomenal looking uh yeah Atari's well, didn't look good but it felt the same yeah so it was fun to play um, throw them out there we got to wrap yeah, this yeah Phoenix which is another coin op I don't know that one feels and looks a lot like Demon Attack. Um, and it came out not too long after Demon Attack came out. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe we're talking a little bit of a ripoff. Yeah. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, we said that. Real Sports Baseball was one I love to play. Uh, Space Invaders, we mentioned that one. Street Racer, completely ridiculous looking. It was a paddle game. Yeah. Um, uh, Yars Revenge, mentioned yeah. that one too. Yars Revenge. R- written by Howard Scott Warshaw, who did write E.T. Yeah. Uh, Activision, Chopper Command, Dragster, Kaboom. There was one Kaboom, people. Yeah. Kaboom was fun. I have a porn version of Kaboom. It's called Beat 'em and Eat 'em. Oh, I've seen oh, that. Jesus. It's we talked got- about that at one night. I, down- I, I, did, I did download all the emulators of all the Atari porn yeah. games for a fucking goof, and they were hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Beat 'em and Eat 'em. Um, all right, we got to wrap. All right, Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Pitfall. <laughs> iMagic. Fuck you. We're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. Is somebody? Oh my God. Where, are we, are we going to get arrested if we go like two minutes longer? We're gonna. We're running out of space. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I Magic, Atlantis, Co- I, Atlantis, Cosmic Arc, and Demon Attack. Those are the ones I played the shit out of. I, I do have an NAS, but we have to go because Chris is going to throw me off the air. Guys, yep. have a great night. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get the big hook yank out here. <laughs> we have to play music off. You should play Warlords. Beep, 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 we got to do another one of these. This is fun. Yeah. We it's can. fun just riffing on these ideas. Um, we got tons more we could cover still. So. Games are just as important as movies. We could just go by system, really. Oh, yeah. my God. We'd be, yeah, sure. totally. So, I would all right. love to spend an hour and a half talking about the TurboGrafx-16. Sweet. All right, Chris. Well, all you right. want us off here, so tell us yeah. to go away now. Episode 78. Check us out at themoviesleuth.com. Scott Lambert likes to eat poop. With that, we're <laughs> out of here. Bye. Peace. That's disgusting.
You're disgusting. Stop it. This was streaming live on your personal page, by the way. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. How? Guy shared it there. <laughs> Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.